Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Broadcast Studio. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. We have uh, a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys on the show today. A couple of major teams in crisis, a couple of major teams look really good, and a couple of major injuries that majorly suck. All of that in the NFL, plus the Toronto Blue Jays and the Calgary Flames. So, that's what's coming up on the show today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Get caught up on everything you missed in history class with We Had No Idea. Hosted by Peter Klein and Kim Carson. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we begin in the NFL. And there's a number of like, that. there isn't one like, this is the big story from the weekend. But there's a few things that kind of caught my eye watching the NFL this week. Um, the, the, the first one is Kansas City looks really, really, really good. And I, I still have concerns about them in close games late who... Uh, you know, Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? Who who gets the ball late in games for Kansas City? But I, I do like how dynamic this offense is. If if they just had one dude, you know, like if, if they weren't able to get a, a Claypool, I, I don't know. It, I think Claypool is in that class, but some might not. But if they were able to get like just one more guy and then have the compliments of Juju and Hardman and um, MVS, along with Travis Kelsey, obviously, then this is a, a scary, scary good football team. But they really set a tone in that game, and it was incredibly impressive to watch how athletic this team is. I, I still have some questions on defense. San Francisco's offense didn't really challenge them all that much, but this is just such a quick strike offense. This, this felt like an, uh, an inevitability. It, it just, it, it really did seem... Like, this was a team that was just, like, ready to strike. And a, a team that was going to just, like, anytime they touched the ball, they were going to score. And we, we haven't had that from Kansas City a lot this year. And this is a pretty good San Francisco 49ers defense that they were able to, to do that to. So, I, I came away from this one even more impressed with Kansas City and even more terrified of Kansas City than I was before. I, I still think it's clear to me that Buffalo is kind of the, the, the toast of the town in the NFL right now. It is kind of Buffalo and then everyone else, but Kansas City looking very, very strong at this moment. San Francisco's offense, though, is still a work in progress. It, it It's fun to think of what you can do with McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and all of these types of things. It seemed pretty bland at times for this week. Like, it didn't seem like this dynamic offense that they were facing on the other side of the football. And that's going to come with time, I think. And I think there's going to be some weeks where they kind of test things out a little bit on offense. But it did really feel like, okay, now it's Debo's turn. And Debo's going to get it for a little bit. And now it's McCaffrey's turn. And McCaffrey's going to get it for a little bit. But it's just... I I was kind of behind this team, even with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. It is clear now they need something a little bit more dynamic from the quarterback position, and it's too bad we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. But they, they need something a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more exciting from the quarterback position to, I think, really unlock the true potential of this offense. And that is, it's too bad because there's a lot of talent on this team. George Kittle stepping up in a big way was nice, but it just, it felt like in this week, and it... it this has the potential to grow. Clearly, it has the potential to grow. But it just felt like in this week, it was a little bit muted for me. Um, like, it kind of felt like 
when when you're first learning guitar, instead of getting all the tabs, it's like it's like, hey, let's just let's just play the strumming in the background before we get to the all right. You're you're just gonna go G C D this whole time. We'll 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 get a little crazy with a little E minor in there. Uh, but for the most part, we're just gonna G C D this thing the whole way instead of yeah, let's go fifth fret and then you know there 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 was no with this San Francisco offense. There was just. That's that's all it was. I think there will be more excitement as this goes along, but uh, there needs to be a lot more from from San Francisco. A couple of teams in crisis, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. They looked really bad. Uh, Green Bay finally turned it on late, but then not late enough. The, the defense wasn't able to come up with a stop against Taylor Henneke, who was fun and might be a better quarterback option than Carson Wentz moving forward, but the the defense wasn't able to get stops when they needed to, and Green Bay's offense, aside from like one two-minute drive late, that there's just, there's nothing, and Aaron Rodgers is holding on to the ball way too long, and at times, he could do that, and eventually, Devontae was going to get open. These guys aren't getting open, and teams are aware of that now, and they are eventually getting to Aaron Rodgers, and it's just, there, there is no rhythm to this offense. Rodgers is going to have to, and it's weird, like, old dog, new tricks, but the, 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 the knock on Rodgers is that he held onto the ball way too long waiting for guys to get open sometimes and sometimes that works and it's great and it's exciting and it's look at him ad-libbing in the pocket sometimes it's just hey man you want to throw that ball on time like you're fucking supposed to because you kind of need you to just like move the chains on this one and there there was just there was none of that there was no rhythm there was no flow to this offense this team never really got going because Rodgers is holding on to the ball too long you can say oh these guys need to get open I don't know maybe it's the NFL you very rarely are you going to have guys get wide, wide open. Um, I'm not saying that all of Aaron Rodgers' success was because of Devontae Adams. All I am saying is this is a team that really doesn't have an identity on offense anymore. And for a long time, Aaron Rodgers was just like, okay, I'm going to hold on the ball. Finally, running out of time, I'll just throw it up to Devontae. He doesn't have that trust in Devontae. And I don't know if he doesn't have the trust in the offense or if he's just so set in his ways, but this team is not moving the ball at all on offense. And there is, there, there's just, there's no rhythm. On the Tampa Bay side, they're just bad. Like the, the offense... The offense can't do anything. Um, defensively, this is still a very good team. Although you gave up 21 points to P.J. Walker, this is still a good defensive team. But the the issue for them, like for Green Bay, it's a major crisis because Minnesota is going to run away and hide with this division. No one's doing that in the NFC South. Atlanta's the next best team, and they just got their lunch handed to them in a terrible coaching job by the, the Falcons against the Cincinnati Bengals. So for Tampa Bay, they have some time to figure it out, but I don't know what the figuring is. Like a new offensive line, sure. Maybe a bit more of a dynamic running back aside from Leonard Fournette, maybe. Um, th there's just been no time to gel with this uh, with the, these receivers this year. And it's weird because it's not like they brought in a bunch of new dudes for Brady to, to get things figured out. This is largely the same group that won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago and put on a show, at least in the first round of the playoffs last year, that this shouldn't be this out of sync. And we've seen in the past Brady teams get out of sync and then figure it out as the season goes along. And I do think they have that luxury again, but holy crap, do they have a long way to go. The Indianapolis Colts have benched Matt Ryan, it seems. They're saying he has something sprained in his shoulder. 
Every quarterback's hurt all the time. You can find something. This is a flat-out benching. That Colts offense looked dreadful for most of the game. Now, in true Tennessee Titans form, the Titans kind of let them back into that game, but it never really felt all that threatening watching a lot of that game yesterday. Matt Ryan, there's just nothing left, man. Like, it's 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 gone for him. The Colts... They're in a situation now. They're three, three, and one at this point in the season. I believe that's the the record. Three, three, and one. It's almost worth it now. See what you have in this quarterback who I've never heard of. I don't know if they're if a full tank is going to get them to a point where they can get one of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft. But they need something new at quarterback because this Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, um, Jacoby Brissett carousel that they've gone through isn't working. You you need an actual project now because again we talked about this before with other young quarterbacks. Excuse me. The foundation is there. Talented wide receiver. One of the most talented running backs in the league. Offensive line that needs some work. Um, but a really good defense. Really, really good defense. And this all feels like a wasted year with Matt Ryan at quarterback right now. Because this team is incredibly talented. Like, if they want to try to take a shot with, like, a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield or something, I, I think I would rather a, a shot on Darnold than Baker at this point. But, um, yeah, I have no idea what Indianapolis does because they have so much talent it feels like a waste to just punt on this season but it also feels like a waste to keep trotting out mediocre quarterbacks with this talented of a team and a couple of injuries uh that really really sucked Brees Hall after the most amazing call from Ian Eagle with the Brees Lightning um, phenomenal. He goes down with an injury. He is out for the year. Also, the, the Jets losing an offensive lineman in this game as well. DK Metcalf, it doesn't sound like it's going to be as serious of an injury, but those are a couple of teams that are really overperforming a lot of expectations to um, at the start of this season. And for the Jets now, we, we've seen how long on the New York side of things, um, you, you've seen in your same building with Saquon Barkley, how long it takes to come back from that type of a thing. It really sucks. Michael Carter ran hard, but th this kind of feels like maybe the end of the good times for the Jets as they have some crucial division games coming up. For the, the, the uh, Seahawks, Marquise Goodwin stepped up in a big way, but they need DK Metcalf if they are really going to compete with the Rams and the 49ers in the NFC West. music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Coming back with a little bit of Major League Baseball in the World Series is set. Boy, what an exciting League Championship Series. Can't wait to watch a bit more baseball. What's that? It's not till Friday? Hmm. Well, that seems like a bit of a waste, doesn't it? How ridiculous is this schedule? I get, like, a couple series finished, like, these two series finished quick. There was no way you were going to have them play again tonight. Wednesday seemed like enough time to figure it out. Thursday, you don't want to go up against the NFL, but it, it seemed like you had time to figure this out. It just, it does seem like just full-on overthinking to avoid the National Football League to set this up all the way to Friday. Like, it just kills so much of this momentum um, from a, for a sport that is kind of a day-to-day -day thing. The, the rest absolutely um, helps out, I think, Houston. They're able to, to set their pitching staff. Now, Philly can as well. They can have their two horses with Nola and Wheeler uh, go back-to-back -to, -back to start this thing. It's going to be a fun World Series. The Philadelphia Phillies... 
we said at the beginning of the year, they were going to be an interesting team to watch because they just completely punted on defense and are trying to hit their way to a championship and they've hit their way to a National League pennant. Quite interesting. I, I don't think this is a model that every team should go after. However, if you're bad at defense, why not be horrible at defense and just be awesome at hitting? You could be the Yankees and be bad at both. Wouldn't that be fun? Blindside shot to the Yankees aside, this American League Championship Series, I think, was an interesting watch from a Blue Jays fan perspective. Because you can see what's possible with good, young, exciting teams on both sides. And now, disclaimer at the, at the, 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 at the start of this thing. I understand the Yankees went further than the Blue Jays, and the Yankees, tradition, it's not even close. And while the Blue Jays have had a couple of blips in the American League Championship Series in 15 and in 16, overall, the Yankees have been the better team for, since 1995, basically. And for a long time before that, as well. We had a couple little stretches there, where it's been great. But aside from that, yes, fully understanding that the Yankees are phenomenal, and the Blue Jays still have a lot of work to even get to where the Yankees are frustrated that they're failing right now. However, watching from a Blue Jay fan perspective, you see the New York side, the baby bombers of 2017. You got Judge. You got Sanchez. Glaber Torres, exciting young prospect. Um, Clint Frazier is going to be great. Gary Sanchez is hitting the bejesus out of the ball. Miguel Andujar. Is he the next Miguel Cabrera? Who's to say? Massive bat. This team, yeah, they lose in 17, but they push the Houston Astros to seven games. With a couple of adjustments and a couple of big acquisitions, this Yankee team is going to go far. Five years later, um, instead of losing in seven to the Astros, they're losing in four to the Astros. And now they're about to have to pay Aaron Judge about $50 million a year. And what felt like an inevitability with a new Yankee core and a new era of New York Yankee dominance has kind of fizzled into whatever Josh Donaldson was. And I'll admit, I was wrong on IKF. I, I thought he was a player and he's not under the New York lights anyway. I still think there's something there, but not for a, a championship team right now. Anyway, um... And now the, the next great hope is, oh, well, Peraza and all of these young guys. This is the this is the the, the, the scary part about just relying on youth. And hey, look, we're young. We're going to bounce back and we're going to get there. Sometimes even the best, even the, 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 the dynastic teams in professional sports have trouble just bouncing back. Winning is really fucking hard. And this is why when you have a core, I think like the Blue Jays have, that is so exciting, so talented, so gifted, and so goddamn close. You have to take full advantage of it. Case in point now, the other side of this, the Houston Astros. Dog shit for a bit, and they were able to land a few key pieces, and now they have just been like just filling in themselves, uh, filling in behind themselves. Like it's been talked about all week. No Correa, no Springer, no Cole. Doesn't matter. Pena's 25 and a rookie, and he's winning ALCS MVP. Tucker last year was amazing. Jordan Alvarez just appeared out of nowhere and is the best hitter in the in the American League. I'll do respect to Aaron Judge. And instead of Garrett Cole, now they have like eight guys on their pitching staff that can just get the job done. So you see both sides of look, we got young talent. We have a real opportunity to, to grow and build a championship contender. On the one side, the growth never really happened. On the other side, the growth hasn't stopped. And now the Astros are going to back-to-back -back World Series after six straight American League Championship Series. Where will the Blue Jays end up in all of this? Probably somewhere in the middle, if we're being honest with ourselves. But to see what is possible with these young cores on both sides, I thought was a really, really interesting watch from a Blue Jays perspective.
Moving on to the Calgary Flames, and speaking of interesting watches, this team has been damn fun to start the year. They are 4-1, and one, and they look every bit of it. And the great thing from a Flames fan perspective, they are doing this, and they are looking phenomenal without the top line having gelled yet. And I think they will. I, I don't think now is the time to, oh, put Manjapani here, and then move this guy down here, and shift this guy over here. The second line is working, the fourth line is working. The top line isn't, and the third line is being dragged, kicking and stream, uh, screaming by two quality players and one guy who is dragging this team down. I don't think you change this top line. I, I think you give Huberto to Foley and Lindholm time to gel. Like, you just, you see how they fit. And then you see how that second line fits together. I don't, I don't want to mess with this. And I'm the guy who was like, yo, bring up someone from the American Hockey League, put them up there and, and let them kind of grow in that experience. You put Toffoli down on that third line and then off you go. This team looks phenomenal. I was saying that at the beginning of the off season or at the beginning of the season, sorry. If they did that tomorrow, it wouldn't break my heart. But I, I think you do have to give the dynamic playmaker of Huberto with a couple of right shots like he's never played before, as he mentioned, or played with before, as he's mentioned. I think you have to give them more than five games to gel. The good thing is right now, you've kind of bought yourself some time because things are going extremely well with the second line and how quality they are. And you've been at home essentially the entire season. Couple of tough matchups this week in Pittsburgh and in Edmonton. It'll be interesting to see how this top line can kind of step up. They're working together on the power play pretty effectively, although that kind of got worse as the game went on the other night. But overall, I think this top line is going to get there. The second line is there. The, the second line is incredible. And I'm, I I was going to go with a bit of a negative one. There's a couple of things I, I do think the Flames kind of need to grow with and need to, to kind of work on. But I want to be very clear. This team looks phenomenal right now. And there is no complaining from someone who watches every Flames game for Game Over Calgary. Find that wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, because this team has been a great watch so far this season. But holy moly, the big part of that has been the second line. With Dupe, Manjapani, and Nazem Kadri. they have been one of the most dynamic lines in the NHL. They get a bit too cute at times for my liking, but the speed they play with, the ferocity that they play with, how quick they can play, how aggressively they can play, there's a lot to like about the Calgary Flames second line. And again, a lot to like about this Calgary Flames team. There are just a couple of things, though, that need to be improved. Obviously, the first line needs to get better. I do not like this third line. It really does feel like you're playing four on five with Lewis out there. Um, and I think if you could get another quality player beside a Backlund and a Coleman, that line can really take off, both at the offensive end and continuing in the defensive zone. It is great to have that shutdown line if you're going out there against McDavid's or Crosby's like you are this week, but it, it you, you can still have that, but have maybe a, a little bit more of a threat offensively as well. Uh, again, I'm calling for some of the kids to get called up, and I get that's a big responsibility to get thrown into like that, but they are an extremely high potential line, and I think that this is a team that has the opportunity to do some special things, and I think that one of those things is be able to roll four lines. You just don't get that with this third line right now because of, I think, one guy kind of holding them back. Eyebrow is raised on the play of Jacob Markstrom right now, but he has made up for some of his mistakes as games have gone on. You, you would like to see more of the latter than the, oops, goals that are happening every game, but overall, this team is really, really good. 
That's going to do it for the show today, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. And yeah, shout out Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Uh, the schedule for me coming up this week, um, we have another game over coming out on Tuesday. Power rankings here on Wednesday, and then we didn't get to a football and fights Friday this weekend. Uh, your boy was very busy, but we will get back to the regularly scheduled program next week. Talk to y'all later. I'm out.